welcome to The Divine and I, an interview-style podcast hosted by me, Haley Shea. Each episode, I will host a new guest to explore the question, where do you see the divine in your everyday life? The hope for this podcast is to welcome and explore the mystery of the divine, be encouraged to deepen our understanding of the innermost self, and seek delight in the life gifted to us by the divine. Let's meet our guest today. Welcome to this episode of The Divine and I. Today, I have a very special friend with me, Gabe Perez. What up? What up, Gabe? <laughs> <laughs> Gabe is, he is from New Mexico and now lives here in Oregon and is a youth pastor. I have a really fun way, I guess, of meeting him for the first time. It was through a mutual friend at yeah. her house for a life group that we were starting up. Mm-hmm. And I noticed he had a New Mexico license plate. <laughs> on the back of your car. And so I was asking you about New Mexico because I worked at a summer camp in New Mexico called Glorietta for two summers and got to talking with Gabe. Turns out he worked at the same place <laughs> and not just him, but his wife. And they met there mm-hmm. uh, working at Glorietta just two summers before I started working there. Gabe worked at the same, with the same program and with some of the same people that I got to work with. So sick. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Glorietta's got the memes. Dude. Yes. So if we have any Glorietta listeners, mm-hmm. yeah. mm. <laughs> this one's for you. Mm. And yeah, that was just special. And mm. he met his wife there, who at the time was an international worker. She's from Northern Ireland. The two fell in love, got married, and how many weeks? Was it five weeks ago? Five. Uh, no, she is seven weeks. Seven weeks ago, yeah. gave birth to a new baby girl. So mm-hmm. Gabe is a seven-week-old dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dad of seven weeks. Let's yes. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to a precious, precious baby girl named Isabella. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to cuddle her the other day mm-hmm. with Rachel, and oh, my goodness, her... Baby skin, it's they're so soft. I know it's a baby. like I couldn't get over it. Like I could not get over it, but yeah. just how soft her skin and mm-hmm. oh my goodness, so sweet. All right. <laughs> Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to share before we get into your fun facts? Um, well, I'm very handsome. Um, <laughs> Forgot to mention. <laughs> um, no, I mean that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I've been a youth pastor for about seven years now. Um, shortly, actually, my time in Glorietta. Uh, after my second year there is when I started. Um, so mm-hmm. not only did I meet my wife uh, that second year when I worked at Glorietta, um, but I started ministry back then as well. So a lot of change yeah. happened in one summer. <laughs> yes. And that was also something special because I was a, I'm a youth pastor as well mm-hmm. or director mm-hmm. of youth ministries. Yeah. And so meeting someone who's also in, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's also in youth ministry. It was mm-hmm. just neat to form that friendship with yeah. you. And to, Basically, yeah. Haley and I are best friends and we're exactly. both awesome. It's great. It's fine. <laughs> and <laughs> we live super close together. Yes. And I've become, I would like to think, I'm Akira's aunt, oh, which is a hundo. Which hundo is baby, baby girl number one, yeah. the precious little doggo. <laughs> so you've got a lot of dog mm-hmm. setting and dog mm-hmm. loving over mm-hmm. the past couple of years. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was a, do- I was a dad do- or dog dad first. Dog dog first. And now I am yeah. the actual dad yes. of a tiny little girl. So, yes. But, uh, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to, go ahead and share with us the three fun facts you brought today. Um, well, fun fact number one. Um, I remember, uh, well, I'm actually just going to do the most recent because it's pretty much a tie. But uh, I went for a solid, like, two days without sleeping, um, just straight. 
And funny enough, it was when my baby was born because we were in the hospital like super late on Sunday night. And then my wife kind of was in labor literally all day Monday. Um, and then Tuesday at 1030 at night, literally two days later, is whenever she gave birth. And then I didn't sleep until about four o'clock in the morning on like Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I literally was up from like Sunday, well, the morning of Sunday all the way through, I guess it's almost three days, but yeah, I was up for like from Sunday to Wednesday morning. Um, it was horrible, um, but it was great because yeah. like you don't realize like how tired you are until all of a sudden, because you're like, oh my gosh, like my wife's like giving birth and like, oh, it's my baby girl. Oh my gosh, I'm holding her. And then you're like, oh man, we got to do all this paperwork. And then all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I haven't slept in like literally like th- two days. Like what's going on? I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> so you're like in the hospital and you're just like passing out everywhere. And then once the baby was born, like you're like tired and then random like nurses will just come in the room and you're so exhausted that you're just like, <laughs> and then like literally like someone came in and like was checking on Akira or not Akira. Sorry. My other, I know. I know. So my dog's name is Akira. Uh, someone was checking on Isabella and they were like checking her eyes and her hearing. And so they have, it's like a dark room. They have like a little flashlight shining in her eye and she's asleep. And I'm like so tired. I like vaguely remember someone talking to me and I vaguely remember someone shining a light in her eyes, but I was so tired. It just didn't even make any sense. So, but yeah, it was a fun time. So, but yeah. I remember, so we were watching Akira while they were having a baby mm-hmm. and Gabe came over to our house really quick. It was really sweet to give Akira one of Isabella's little beanies. Mm-hmm. So get used to, I don't know, the smell of her. Mm-hmm. But I remember before you came over, Keen and I were like, he's, he's probably going to be like a hot mess. Just like, just look crazy. He's been up all day and you came in and I, I'll, Yes, you looked very handsome even after (laughs) (laughs) having been awake for two days straight, barely any sleep. You did not look like you were in a hospital for all that time. I don't know if it's because you're just a guy and it's like low maintenance, you know, kind of thing. That's true. But you were not as gross as what we thought you were going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I also, I don't sleep a ton anyways, so it kind of helps that I'm like already sleep deprived all the time. So it's like how I look most of the time is pretty much tired all the time. So I could pretty much take a nap anytime. But but also, um, I had a celebrity encounter at the Balloon Fiesta in New Mexico. Um, What a good place to meet celebrities. I know. It was kind of wild. But I don't know his name, um, but it's the redheaded gay guy from Modern Family. (gasps) Oh. Yes, I don't, I don't know his real name, I don't but I love Modern name. Family. I know, I know. I know. He's like literally him and his husband in the show are amazing. Yes. But so he was actually there with his bo- actual boyfriend, or okay. I don't know his actual husband, husband but yeah. it was like him and like a posse of like 15 people were all just like kind of walking around. They're all, oh my gosh, look at the balloons. And so it was actually with some students at the balloon fiesta, and it was my students' first time ever being there. And so that's why we drove down from Farmington at like two o'clock in the morning, yeah. got there at like five. We were like on the field. Like everyone's like freezing and tired. They're like, Gabe, why are we here at five in the morning? It's like, because you got to see the balloons. Like, I wanted them to experience all of it, right? And so we're there. It's like, you know, hours later. And we see him and they're like, oh my gosh, that's that's him. He's the kind of modern family. And I was like, guys, let's just go over. 
And they're like, yeah. Gabe, we can't do that. It's like, they don't want people approaching. I was like, guys, who cares? Like, I mean, you, oh, there's so many people at the Balloon Fiesta. I know. Like, there you don't walk so into that many, many people, think, I know. you know, without expecting. I know. So, long story short, we, I was like, literally just grabbed the two students that were freaking out. Um, her name, Mackenzie and Olivia. I still remember their, they were like super jazz about it. And uh-huh. they're super shy girls. It was really, really sweet. But, and so they're like, they're juniors in high school with her, like, yeah. Hi, my gosh. And they were like super, like super sweet about it. And they went up and I was like, hey, you know, these are my students. You know, they're just really big fans of yours. They just love to say hi. And it was kind of one of those like, hey, you know, it's like, okay, thanks. I'm saying hi to you because I want to be polite, but why are you bothering me? And I felt so bad, but the girls were like, (gasps) they were like jazzed about it. It was awesome. So yeah, yeah. I can't believe we just walked over to them. I was like, dude, who cares? It's good. (laughs) Right. Better than I I went to the balloon fiesta one year. Mm. Super cool experience. Mm. But I remember even afterwards going on social media and seeing celebrities, like people, maybe not like full on celebrities, Mm. but people who I know and that are well known, whatever, you know, that they were at the fiesta the same time I was, and I, I didn't see them. I so that that made me upset. So I think like yeah, if you see someone like at least, at least I don't know, I'm not a celebrity, so I can't say. It, but I mean, shoot your shot. It's okay if they say no. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. At least All you can could say, say no. yeah. yeah, that you know you, you tried. So that's fine. There you go. Um, and my last fact that I have um, is, funny enough, I have a lot of older sisters. Um, I'm the youngest of, I grew up with three older sisters, and I have other step-siblings now as well. Um, but my three sisters I grew up with, uh, Sabrina, Gabella, and Victoria, um, as the younger brother, like to pick on me quite a bit because, you know, what else are you going to do as an, an older, older sibling? I'm older sister of a younger brother, there I you guess. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and growing up, I actually had kind of hearing problems, and so... You know, I had to get, like, you know, tubes in my ears and, you know, thought about, like, I was going to have to have, like, you know, hearing aids at some point. But I ended up getting tubes. It was all good. But prior to that, um, my sisters like to just tease me about me being, like, p- potentially going deaf. And they were like, oh, Gabe, like, you're going to go deaf. I was like, I don't want to go deaf. <sighs> um, and so one time they all, like, came up to me and they started, like, mouthing words at me but, like, not making any sound. No. And, <laughs> and so they were like, they're like, just like, and I was like, what's going on? It was like, I can't hear you guys. And I was like, I can hear myself, but I can't hear you. Because obviously as a kid, you don't know what it's like to be yeah. deaf. You know you can't hear anything. And so I'm like, ah, and I go to my room, or I go to my mom, and I just follow my mom's bed. I was like, I'm deaf. I'm deaf. And my mom's like, Gabe, you're not deaf. <laughs> and so I was like, I can hear you. I can hear you, but I can't hear anybody else. And then like, she, she's like, you're not deaf, Gabe. Like, you, your ears work fine. Oh, man. And so then my sisters were laughing hilariously my mom was super mad we all laugh about it now it was a great time um honestly it was it was it's funny to look back at it now uh, in the moment obviously it sucked but it was just hilarious just like looking back you're like dang it was it was a roast and a half but you know little kids what else can you do so, i know yeah but no. fun siblings i mean that's just kind of how my siblings were we were, we were pretty brutal with each other yeah so. <laughs> and this wasn't i know that th- that was your three fun facts but this mm-hmm. high end another one mm-hmm. that could be yours your yeah. Uh, the Office, because I know mm-hmm. Gabe is a big fan of The Office. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of a scene mm-hmm. from whenever the episode when Dwight is manager, he shoots the gun and it backfires on Andy's ear. Yes. And Daryl takes him to the hospital and is messing with him yeah. and just mouthing <laughs> words, like making Andy feel like he like lost his hearing. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's one of the later yes. seasons. That's it one is. of the later it's a later, seasons. It's yeah. a later one, but it's I feel like, like I just oh. recently watched it or something. Oh so my that gosh, was like I completely mind. forgot about that. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then Andy's like, oh, yes. <laughs> and he's like struggling to sing. He's like, I can't, I can't sing a C. I can't oh. sing a C. He's like, I lost my singing. <laughs> Oh man. Oh okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm I'm getting way too worked up. Oh man. This is I just love good it. stuff. Matt. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's just a little bit from Gabe. <laughs> Sorry. I know I get jazz. No. Love it. Uh, now we're gonna do our drink menu. So so we have some yummy beverages here today. Mm. One we have a mocktail option. Today we are again recording in a place where I'm not able to serve alcohol. So well, no come cocktails on. today. I wasn't able to last year. I don't know if I'll be able to. It depends. I'm kind of up and moving around with finding places to record. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we have do have a yummy mocktail option. Mm-hmm. It is a peach mocktail um, with some rosemary simple syrup and club soda. Dang. And then we here. have a... Uh, I offered this last week, too. A shaken brown sugar espresso drink. Shaken brown, brown sugar, sugar espresso, espresso drink. drink. So wow. we have espresso, put it in with some brown sugar and some whole milk to top it off. So this is like a little copycat from Starbucks. Every week I feel like I'm copycatting from a Starbucks um, drink. Hey, but I used to work there, so, you there know, you it's yeah, take <laughs> what it I know. Take and use it, yeah. And then lastly, because I know you really just love a warm, hot cup of coffee, oh, yeah. is I have a pour of a coffee with some freshly grounded uh, coffee beans. So mm. I've got coffee grounder to to grind some freshly um, grinded beans to make a delicious, warm, hot pour over coffee. So we got uh, a peach mock towel. We got the shaken ice espresso drink, and we have the pour over coffee. What mm. would you like today? Um, I think I'm just gonna go OG pour over because uh, I knew it. I, I, knew it. Like... I, was, I always like to guess <laughs> what I think they're gonna want, and I'm like, I know Gabe is gonna want the pour over. Like I like yeah. some bougie stuff and some fancy <laughs> stuff, and also like, gosh, dang, I just love some coffee. Like, yep. mm, good stuff. And today, shout out to my friend Hannah. So Hannah. she got me a coffee warmer plate for my birthday i haven't actually even used it yet so today be my first guest to to use it to test out this coffee warmer there you go so we're gonna make these drinks and then we'll be right back weddings are changing and couples are focused on spending time outside while they celebrate their love when you start planning your special day make sure it's photographed well and with someone who loves the outdoors Jade is passionate about serving adventurous and laid-back couples through photography. Her work is colorful, full of fun and emotion. Though I am not married and have not booked a wedding with Jade, I have had the privilege of road tripping with her to Yosemite National Park. To this day, those are some of my favorite photos that remind me of such wonderful memories. She's able to capture so much beauty in a single photo. Jade Braid Photography has a special deal for the Divine and I listeners. If you book her for a couple session or wedding through jaderay.com, that is J-A-D-E-R-A-E.com, which you can find in our show notes, using code DIVINE20, that is capital D, DIVINE, number 20, you will get 20% off your session. Do not miss out on this deal and book Jade now for your upcoming wedding or elopement. Okay, we are back, and I realized right after that I didn't say what I was going to be drinking, and so I had made myself the peach mocktail, 
had a very fun experience too with that club soda. I guess it was rolling around a little too much in my car, so <laughs> it got on a little more places than inside my cup. But we now have our beverages and are ready to begin this main segment. So, go. Gabe, where do you see the divine in your everyday life? Um, well, um, being a youth pastor, um, kind of my job and a lot of what I do pretty much every day um, kind of revolves around um, the Lord and His Word and kind of reading the Bible and studying things and... Um, and because of that, I, you know, um, I think oftentimes I struggle with my own quiet time, but I think because I'm just like, m- my job is so kind of like biblically academic all the time, I'm always like looking and like studying and how is this applicable and, you know, what's the background behind this. Um, so I found as the years have gone on, um, the longer I've been in ministry, I think a lot of it's come just through intentional prayer um, and a lot of my kind of revelation about the Lord has really kind of come from um, even just like conversations with people too, um, seeing kind of just how God all of a sudden like brings something up in a conversation with somebody that like I've either been like thinking about or praying about. Um, And even just sometimes it's a lot of like unintentional stuff. Like I'll be thinking about stuff, like just really just genuinely not, I'm not even talking to him about it, but I'll be just thinking about something um, and like he comes up later about that subject or that you know topic, or he does something in that area that I've been thinking or worrying about, um, and just kind of seeing like his hand move very like subtly but intentionally in just ways around me, both with people and also just with conversations I have and prayers that I have, um, and it's it's been interesting because like a lot of my like upbringing. Um, was it was like non-denominational for those people that don't really know what that is if you're listening it's more of like um a christian church but they're not like presbyterian or they're not like baptist or they're not um episcopalian they're kind of just like hey we just kind of want to be independent of a a denomination we're not worried about like kind of titles and that so i grew up in that background um and learned that i actually learned a decent amount about the bible and about the lord um but didn't really learn how to kind of study on my own until like I was way later um, in life, which is an odd thing. Um, and so for a while, the most enriching part of my relationship with the Lord was just digging in and like getting to the Word and like studying it and picking it apart and like finding out about different theologies and different things. And I was like, what the heck is that? You know, like, oh my gosh. And so a lot of my early days were based heavily in just studying the Word and just digging into it and being very academic and all that stuff, which helped me into ministry, obviously. Um, but um, more recently, in the past few years, um, because it was so heavily academic at first, um, I think now it's more um, kind of being still and being quiet before the Lord um, and being able to kind of just uh, live my life um, in a way where I'm like, looking for what the Lord's doing and kind of trying to recognize his hand and stuff as opposed to over-spiritualizing everything. I don't necessarily need to be like, Lord, what are you, what are you saying about me drinking this cup of coffee? You know? (laughs) Um, but you know, sometimes I could be, you know, just getting some coffee somewhere and all of a sudden, like I have a conversation with somebody about the Lord or, um, yeah. And and I, I would say that's kind of, I mean, that's a very broad, long answer, but, um, I would say it's kind of where I see most of him in it is like kind of prayerful 
time, but also just daily small interactions where he just kind of yeah. shows up. So, yeah. Yeah, like in a lot of like the daily awarenesses, or like knowing that God is in these like spaces that we're in, but mm-hmm. like turning our brains, our minds and hearts to like that awareness yeah. of when, mm-hmm. yeah, of like when and how and in what ways like the Lord is present in mm-hmm. our life. Yeah. You had said how you becoming to know God through like stillness mm-hmm. and silence. Mm-hmm. What does that experience typically like for you? Um, well, it still definitely involves the word. Um, and typically there's, it's like, I usually like have a verse or something that, uh, like I'm reading and I'll like, it just like, I just focus on it, you know? And, um, this past week, uh, a few days ago, actually, I think it was yesterday. It was in, I think first Corinthians, uh, chapter one, I think three through five. And it's just talking about, um, like the Lord's love and his perseverance for us. Uh, I can't remember um, the exact verse, but um, I'll just have a verse that just speaks to me in a certain way. And it just reminds me of like, in that time it was reminding me about like the Lord's love and how consistent it is. And, you know, it's something that you grew up learning and hearing and, you know, talking about and things you've even learned before. But, um, you know, it's something that the Lord's kind of reminding you of something that like you've, you've already learned, but you maybe not, are always conscious of it. Um, and so oftentimes it's him reminding me of things that I've already learned, but he's like, Hey dude, you're kind of, you're losing sight of this, you know, um, how much, you know, for me, a lot of it's like, I feel like the Lord really does like in those moments, he reminds me of those truths in my life and how I am able to like internalize that in what he's reminding me of, you know, he's like, Gabe, like, remember how good my love is. Like, remember how great my love is. And it's like, dang, like, I forgot how good your love is. And, you know, sorry. Yeah. Everybody here, I, like, I wear my heart on my sleeve, so <clears throat> I'm getting a little choked up because it's, it's, there's one thing that really just gets me. It's the Lord. Um, and um, he always just squeezes my heart every time I talk about him. Um, and it's one of those things that's like, you know, his love for us is so palpable and real. And yet, you know, for me, you know, in this specific example, I'm just, like, trying to remember and have that kind of love that the Lord gives us, you know, being able to have that in my life and remembering that that's something that's central to who I am. Um, and especially as a pastor, you know, like, you know, we work with kids, you mm-hmm. know, and those kids desperately need, like, that kind of intentional love that the Lord gives us, like, you know, and it's not silly that they don't get it at home all the time, but it's like, when it's from someone who's almost a stranger that they don't expect that from. And all of a sudden, like, you know, that's something that's essential for us to be able to minister well is to be able to love people well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, you know, so in this specific example of that, um, it's more of kind of the conviction of having and maintaining that type of love that the Lord shows us. Um, so it usually revolves around like usually open in the word or, uh, maybe like even through a secular song, like there's an idea that I'm like a concept mm-hmm. that I haven't thought about. And like, I just kind of sit on it and I'm just kind of thinking about like, well, what is, what is the Lord's perspective on that? What does the Lord think about this and how does this relate to him? Um, so it's kind of just more of or, or an idea or a concept that end up, ends up bringing you back to a place of kind of prayerful contemplation with him. So. Yeah. I really like that. Especially, I don't know. I, one of the things I love 
about having conversations with Gabe is that he never strays for just being like himself like you are just always like you and so um like in your moments when you're just super excited or getting choked up like you never stray from just like letting it all out there so <laughs> as you're hearing it this is who mm-hmm. kind of like as you see him is like who he is mm. for sure so i always appreciate that about you uh, for one mm. and as you talk about like god's like love and as you know you read the word and you become you know more aware of like how much like god truly loves us and how we should you know execute that you know mm. with other people and mm. how we should love other people how has your understanding of God's love sort of changed as you've grown older? <laughs> Whew. Um, dang, even just that question gets me choked up. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to. No, it's good. No, no, but deep. no, it's, it's, well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, <clears throat> man. So I, and just in general, just give a kind of backstory before I, before I kind of give this, everybody kind of understands why I'm getting so choked up. It's just um, very seldomly do I actually get to talk about like the Lord, like in terms of just like the, like you know, a lot of times I'm just sitting and explaining and kind of helping people to get to a place of a knowledge of the Lord. And like very rarely do I get to just like talk about like my own like life with the Lord. Um, so it means a lot. Uh, so I get really choked up. Yeah. So talking about um, how has my love developed or how has my love changed my concept of like the Lord's love for us changed and how's that developed over the years? Um, I would say um, initially like I thought always that like God was always there for me. Um, and I think that's kind of where I was reminded of that he would never leave me. And that was something that like um, you know, Psalm 23, 4, it says, uh, obviously, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, um, I will fear no evil for, for you are with me. And the reminder of that promise of the Lord, um, when David's writing that out is just the reminder of his eternal presence with us. And like, that's, I think that's a huge reflection of the Lord's love. And I think that's something that I clung to deeply for years was just like the Lord's with me. Um, and like, I, you know, that's all that matters. He's with me. Um, and I think as I've gotten older, um, and made a lot of mistakes, um, and as much as I love the Lord, um, I'm, uh, I'm so flawed, you know, I'm just, I have so many shortcomings and, um, and in realizing how many flaws and shortcomings I have, um, the grace of God has shined through so much more. And I think that's a huge reflection of his love. That is another aspect that you realize later on when you actually like, realize like he doesn't have to love me and like you know and God's righteousness and his perfection um he has no reason to like say like oh man like that's okay like he's like well dude you kind of made your bed you got to lay in it and he's like no I'm not just gonna let you have to lay in that like I'm gonna give you something you don't deserve at all I'm gonna show you love and grace and mercy and forgiveness Uh, and not only that I'm gonna bless you greater than what you've ever deserved, greater than you can even imagine. Um, and I think that's kind of where my idea um, and my concept of the Lord's love is kind of developed the most, mostly from Him being um, kind of omnipresent in our lives, but also now um, to the Lord really just being um, a lot more gracious um, in my life than I think I ever thought I deserved. Um, and it's something that 
you know, uh, even now, like right now, today, uh, I think about like recent things and like recent stuff I'm going through and I, and I just realize like, I mean, I don't, I really don't deserve that. And I know I don't, but like God doesn't say, Hey, well you don't deserve it. So you don't get it. He goes, it doesn't matter. You know, I love you. It doesn't matter if you don't deserve it. I love you. It's like, all right. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest shift um, from when I was younger, uh, having a relationship with the Lord until now. So yeah. And I have to ask, how has being a dad mm. like has that? Um, have you learned anything about just like God's love through through becoming a dad and? also being becoming a husband as well yeah having your own little family um yeah my own little family uh like husband wife dog you know yeah i don't have a house yet but (laughs) 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 um but um honestly um if anything it's shown me i guess more of god's grace um and i think that's kind of the biggest thing that it has been is because um like as much as a a nice guy and a forgiving, gracious person as I think I am, uh, or at least I like to th- I think I am. Um, like even with like my infant daughter, I, it's hard for me to stay patient with her, you know. And you know she has nothing else in the world that she can give. She's literally like this helpless, beautiful, like innocent creature that just needs me um, for everything. And despite the fact that like you know. Um, she has no other options but to just cry, sleep, and and make cooing sounds every now and then, <laughs> and poop herself. <laughs> That's all she can do in the world. Like she literally can't communicate. She doesn't even realize who I am. Um, she has no recognition of her actions, and she has no recognition of anything going on in the world. Um, so she has every excuse um, for me to give her like grace at times, and um, that's a challenge for me. And I, I'm I'm realizing now like. You know, as someone who's like so helpless, and I I'm still struggling to like be patient with her, and it's it's hard for me because I'm like, man, like you think about how good God is to us, and not only are we culpable in our mm-hmm. shortcomings, like we know sometimes I'm like, dude, I know this is wrong, but I'm still gonna do it. You know, I know this breaks God's heart, but I'm still gonna go do that. Um, I know like I'm being selfish, but I'm going to be selfish today. Or I'm going to do this. And we choose to sin often. And yet he still is like, okay, I'll forgive you for that. And I think it's just so reflective of how deep, I mean, it's talked about his mercies are new every morning. And mm-hmm. it's, and it talk, talks about that he separates us as far as the East is from the West from our sins. And it's like, and I know like as a, as a believer, I'm, I'm stripped away of all my sins through like Jesus's sacrifice on the cross. Like I'm, I'm pure and righteous in the Lord's eyes. Uh, and it's not that necessarily that I don't sin, but I know I'm made righteous because of him and his work. And yet I still, I'm just, just amazed that he's like, that's okay. Like mm-hmm. it's already passed, man. I've done that. Like I covered you. It's like, it's time to move forward. Like, and it's, it, I think it's just a big reflection being a husband and, and a father now. Um, of just how gracious and good the Lord is um, at times and how I'm just not. (laughs) And it's very humbling. Um, If anything, it's just very, very humbling um, realizing that I am, um, 
I'm a major work in progress, um, and uh, and that's a good thing, you know. I've never arrived, and I'm never done, and the Lord's never done either. He's always given, He's always got stuff that He's helping us with. So, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned a little while ago, uh, you know, just contemplative prayer, and you know, going to you know, diving into the Word, going to that place of like silence. Is there like a physical, like actual like place that you like to go to where, you know, you go to this place and you know that like the spirit of God is going to be there and that you're going to meet the spirit there or is something that you're, you're doing? I know you also like to sing and mm-hmm. lead worship, so I don't know if that's also mm-hmm. through like music, but mm-hmm. is there a place that comes to mind that you know you can go to and you're going to find the Lord? Um, No. <laughs> uh, short answer. I mean, uh, typically, you know, prior to having a daughter, um, uh, my back room was kind of that place of like being able to go and study and kind of have a, a place of kind of quiet contemplation with the Lord. Um, but I've also learned um, throughout the years that like while there is, we can't have a special meeting place with the Lord, you know, I mean like people throughout history have had that, you know, specific places of prayer, specific places of meditation, specific private places, you know, like Jesus talked about, you know, go in the closet and, you know, in a dark room and pray to me and, you know, your father in heaven will see that. Um, and so I know that there's a a long history of people having that specific space uh, where they can meet the Lord. But, um, for me, I I haven't really, I I moved a lot and I've had a lot of change in my life. Um, and I'm also a very fluid person who kind of just rolls with things. Um, and so I don't have a ton of stability in my life, to be honest with you, in a lot of ways. Um, besides obviously a father and a child, but even mm-hmm. then it's like, that's chaotic. Um, so I've kind of just, for me, um, it's really whenever I feel the Lord kind of press on my heart, like I said, when I'm thinking about stuff, um, when I'm praying about something or someone is on my mind and I just start praying for him. And then I'm like, Oh, and I just feel like the Holy spirit just like, just really heavy on my heart for that person uh, or that thing or that situation. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I have a space for sure, which is, you know, I don't know if it's good or a bad thing, but it's where no, I'm at. I so. think it's really neat. I mean, as much as I love my sacred bath time uh, <laughs> <laughs> or lovely but, nature walks, mm. I think it's a neat metaphor of knowing that you you don't need or require like a mm. space. Mm. Uh, I think spaces are very Helpful. sacred. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. But I I also like the idea of. I think it speaks more to like God is wherever we are mm. and wherever we go, like no. there, like God will also like mm. be with us. And so, as like you've moved around a lot and you know, kind of like nomadic, and mm-hmm. even that, like, I've, you're you're probably not just like even like sitting in the same place for super long. You're you're working, <laughs> you're you know driving to work or mm-hmm. going to the the, the gym or mm-hmm. doing doing whatever that you're doing. And yeah. so, um, that wherever you are going and whatever you have to do that day, um, that that's yeah, where God is going to be and mm-hmm. going to meet you um, mm-hmm. in those in those places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, I mean, you've been in youth ministry for a long time mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you have found that has, like, grown your understanding and relationship with the Lord through working specifically, like, with youth mm-hmm. and within a, inside a church as well? Mm-hmm. Hmm. First thing my mind goes to is just all the students that I've met um, and just thinking through all the experiences and conversations that I've had. And I think um, 
one thing that's a, a common theme that I've seen and something that I think is kind of grown, I don't know, I guess, I guess my understanding of the Lord through that, those interactions, I think is that um, the Lord offers us safety. And I think that um, whenever you create an environment or a space where people can, you know, be who they are, whether that's, you know, obnoxious and dorky like I am um, or somebody who's um, broken and hurting, I think um, that's what the Lord offers us. I mean, it talks about like us, you know, taking refuge under his wings, you know, and he's our strong tower in which we can take refuge. And um, for us to be able to, you know, offer him a broken spirit is kind of, that's the Lord that we serve. And it's, I think whenever we, I don't know, I, I think when you recognize that like the Lord offers us safety, and I think um, that's been the biggest thing because, you know, so many students have um, such hard interactions and lives with their families and um, even people that seem to have great lives. You know, their family's well off. They're doing well in school. They're athletic. They got stuff in sports. They have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend and, um, and they're miserable. You know, it's not about um, our situations or kind of what's going on. Like it's it's an internal thing. And I think whenever... Um, we have that relationship with the Lord. Um, we can have peace and security in Him in a way that, like, the world can't offer us. You know, it's something outside of ourselves and our situations that we can't control, but He is the one who offers that to us. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I've seen, like, there's so many times where, you know, I've just, because I'm a fairly, like, I don't know, like I said, I like to think I'm an easygoing person, at least. I, I think I'm more gracious with people I don't really know that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we all kind of are, but um, and, you know, just interactions I've had with students, and they're just talking about, you know, like, you know, my the youth group where we're at, you know, whatever, whichever one it was, like, that was my safe place, or this is my place to be able to, like, kind of decompress from everything, and being, like, even if they're not really fully engaged in worship or the lesson, um, being able to, like, have that area um, to just be free, you know, to to understand that, like, we can just kind of be relaxed around the Lord. We don't have to be uptight. We don't have to be anything. We just have to be who we are because he, he knows who we are, you know. He, he created us. He's He knows our hearts better than we do. And I think for us to just be um, open and kind of, yeah, I guess vulnerable with that, I think allows us to have that true safety. And I think that's something I've seen um, and very unintentionally. I, I don't I never planned for that to be something that I ever saw or witnessed, but there was just like students would communicate like, hey, you know, this is this is my safe space. And I'd, ha- I'd have leaders tell me like, hey, you know, that guy, that guy, he's annoying, but, you know, he doesn't have anything else, man. You know, but this is, he loves it here because mm-hmm. like we, we love him. And I'm like, yeah, but why wouldn't he shut up during worship? <laughs> you know, and you, you know, because as a youth pastor, you know, my 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 passion is that we would turn and to just love the Lord. And sometimes people don't always get that. You know, they're not always like as engaged or focused on that as you are. Mm. But that you know doesn't always have to look the same as what we have. It's it's about just being safe and having yeah. that that peace um, before the Lord. So I would say that's kind of the biggest thing that's shown me is is that. Um, God really does offer us that genuine safety um, that we can't really have anywhere else. Yeah. I think that's really important, especially for youth who 
don't have that safety in other areas of their life and how that can, I don't know, go into us like just being safe within the kingdom of God, like mm. as a whole and that mm. the space that God has created for us, mm. like in his kingdom, mm. um, is a safe space mm. and where we can be ourselves yeah. all, authentically. And so being able to create a youth group, youth room, whatever mm. it is, um, that is a safe space for, for kids to be able to do that. Mm. Uh, I think it's super, like, really, really essential. So mm. uh, I think, too, you are really good at just forming relationships with people. <laughs> if you can't already tell from listening mm. to this podcast, Gabe is one of the easiest people to talk to. <laughs> and just he'll be your best friend as soon as, like, you meet him. Mm. So what has, like, what, how would you talk about the importance of, like, relationships? Mm. Um Within, within youth ministry, within church ministry, and, mm-hmm. and just within life in general? Like, what is the yeah. importance of relationship for you? For, oh, man, for me specifically, <laughs> it's a whole different story. But I think um, I realized the importance of relationships um, when I moved to California. Um, so after my time in Glorietta, uh, I was able to – I got offered a job to be a youth uh, – or a middle school youth director um, at a small church out in California – um, the East Bay area, so like kind of east of San Francisco, um, very affluent area, and um, I had no family there. I'd never lived in California, didn't know anybody in the Bay. M- my sister was born in SoCal, um, but all my family that was out there moved to Illinois. <laughs> mm. So I literally had nobody um, close to me within like 800 miles that I knew uh, when I moved out there, um, and I lived in an 8 by 10 room. Uh, in a family's home. And, you know, like I said, I'm a fairly flexible person. So I was like, okay, let's just go with it, you know? And I didn't realize how um, impactful the relationships of church community was until I got there because um, then I really understood what the family of God actually is. How, you know, we we can go to church and we can have like casual little, hey, Bob, hey, Susie, you know, hey, Jim, how's it going? Um and, you know, there's always that, honestly, BS small talk on a, you know, on a Sunday that we do, yeah. but um, very rarely do people appreciate and understand, like, that we are family, you know, and, like, God calls us to be, like, brothers and sisters. Like, we're all saved by the same Lord, and He, <laughs> we have that relationship with mm-hmm. other people, and I think, um, you know, specifically as a Christian, like, being able to recognize that my family isn't just my blood family. And I think I've seen that not only in the church, but outside of the church, just in my own personal relationships. You know, I'm not, honestly, it sounds weird. You know, I might be an easy person to talk to, but um, I really don't have a great relationship with all my family. Um, the the, the people that are closest to me, you know, I guess it's reflective of, hey, I'm not that gracious with people that are close to me either. But um, I... I just don't have the closest. It's not that I have a bad relationship, but I'm just not that close. We mm-hmm. don't really share that much. We don't really hang out very often. We don't talk very often. Um, but I always was really close to my friends at school. Like me and my friends at school were like super tight. We were always like, oh, you know, yeah. I would share everything with them and they with me and be at their house. And I talked to their parents and I'd you know, hang out with their parents and their families. And it was great. Um, and I think we often limit ourselves at times to say, well, this is my group and this is my tribe or these are my people. 
um, without realizing there's so many people around us that like have so much to offer us that we just don't always recognize, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when we have those relationships with people from all different walks of life, whether it's the same or different religion or same or different race or gender or whatever you want to call it, um, political ideologies, um, education, you know, nationalities, like anything you want to put, any label you want to put on that, Mm -hmm. whenever we have relationships with people that are different from ourselves, I think it helps us to widen our perspective. And I think, again, it helps us to be more gracious and understanding Mm and um, also to just be more well-rounded and to not to be so uptight about stuff. You know, I think um, the more you talk to people, the less, um, (laughs) the less rigid you get about stuff. And I think for me, um, that's kind of where my relationships have kind of guided me a lot is um, for one, just to realize that people are complicated and on top of that, like, I don't know everything as much as I used to think I did, um, and I don't, you know. Um, I, I, I oftentimes talk as if I know a lot, and I genuinely don't think I know very much. Um, and I think a lot of that's come from just realizing that there's a lot of people that have a lot more to offer in a lot of different ways. And um, I'm grateful to have people to call on, like Haley, um, mm-hmm. you, to be able to, you know, look you in the eye and just know that I, like, I love you and I care about you and I know you feel the same and, um, you know, you and Keaton are people I can call on and that, you know, just, um, you know, that's special and that's meaningful and it's something that I appreciate so much. Um, and, you know, I think we just take for that for granted sometimes. And I think that's something that over the years I've just valued so much, um, just people like you guys. And, um, cause I don't know, it just helps us, helps everybody. And, so it's just my thing to you, Haley, yeah. just that you're, you're awesome and I appreciate you. And it's like, you're one of those people that it's like, I don't know when and if ever I would have, would have met you, you know, long story short, the Lord's guided me a lot of places right. and I think those relationships have helped me grow and to just to be a more rounded, better person, um, to be able to do ministry. Um, and also just to talk with random people at the gym, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. yeah. And I think that's something neat about relationships is... I mean, I consider you, like, you know, very easy to talk to and to form, you know, relationships with. And, of course, like, you have, like, your own, like, perspective of how you are, like, with relationships. But when you form those with other people, I think you learn how to be in a relationship Mm. by being in a relationship with other people who are Mm. different than us, who have different perspectives, who, Mm. you know, we can lean on for different things. Or they Mm. lean on us, and Mm. then we lean on them, and then we learn new ways how to strengthen our Mm. relationships with other people as well. Mm. And so I just think the closer you get with people and the, you know, healthier your relationships like become Mm -hmm. or I don't know, just becoming aware of the, I guess, I don't know, the the culture or the vibe between you and someone else or within like a group of people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, how, yeah, how can we all just kind of like help each other? Because we're Mm -hmm. all just humans living Mm -hmm. on this earth right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No one has it figured out either, dude. (laughs) No. So we need each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, you know, part of, you know, the beauty of God's, like, creation for yes, us is that, yes. mm-hmm. and I think creating us to rely on one another and to need one another mm-hmm. is a very, like, special thing to get to come to know. Yeah, 100%. As you mentioned the gym, mm-hmm. do you want to talk to us about the gym? <laughs> <laughs> well, today I hit biceps, bro. <laughs> okay. No, no. Um so just like kind of my conversations I've had or yeah, yeah. I don't know like if yeah. you because I know you do meet people mm-hmm. um, at the gym and mm-hmm. I don't know just kind of you 
there's anything there you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so like, like I've said, I, I mean, my, my job is doing ministry. And so my, my life and what I do every week is like reading the Bible, sharing with people, like sharing the gospel, discipling students. Like that's like what I do every, and like, that's almost like, you know, when you talk about the life of a pastor or the job of a pastor, whatever you want to call it, it like is essentially what all churches are calling Christians to do every day or every week. They're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, go read your Bible, go share that with others, go disciple people Mm -hmm. or go be discipled. You know, it's like, so my job is kind of like, Hey, go live the Christian life all the time. And it's like, but very seldomly because you get caught in that like bubble of ministry, mm-hmm. you're sharing with like your students or you're working with people within your church. Um, and essentially a lot of what my job is, is kind of facilitating opportunities for students to hear the word, but also for other students to be able to come and be a part of the fellowship of the church. But that leaves very little room for me to be able to share and evangelize with people that don't know the Lord outside mm-hmm. of the church for me to not just be like, be a little, you know, a holy huddle of like me and my students, but like for me to actually have, um, the courage and guts to do what I'm calling others to do. Um, and so about a year ago, I would say, uh, I got really convicted cause I was going to the gym all the time and doing ministry and that's pretty much it. You know, I was just doing ministry, just going to the gym, going home. That had really nothing much else and going on. Park. And the dark park. Yes, the, <laughs> and the dark park. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, I go to these only a few specific places pretty often, um, you know, because I go to the church often, uh, but I'm like at the store all the time, you know, traveling to a bunch of different sports events and all stuff like that. So there's a lot of variety, but there's very few places where I'm consistently at that I don't meet Christians. Um, and I think it's really a problem whenever Christians get in a bubble and they don't interact mm-hmm. with the world. And I like felt like the Lord is really pushing on my heart. Like, Gabe, you got to get out there, dude. Like you got to do something. And I was like, well, all they have is the gym. Like, and that's like, and I was like, okay, well that's it. You know, if that's all I have, I'm going to use the gym and see how I can share the Lord with people. Like that's all I got. Like, that's what I got to do. I don't know how, but that's what I feel like the Lord's called me to do. So, um, the only way I thought to do that without being like weird um, was I would just ask the people at the front desk, how can I be praying for you? Um, and so I'll ask each person individually, hey, how can I be praying for you? And so um, when I walk in, um, usually just saying, hey, how you going? Good. All right. Have a good workout. Great. And then when I'm after my workout, when I'm, when I'm about to leave, I'll just ask him what I can be praying about for him. And um, it's actually led to some pretty decent um, relationships that I've had. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of cool because, you know, um, like Joseph and Justin and Chu and Derek and... Um, Shout outs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Claire um, and all these people that uh, I just have gotten to be able to meet and um, just kind of form like, you know, semi-relationships with. And I know for them, they kind of view it as, hey, my job is to get to know people so they want to come back to the gym more. You know, for them, I know they are trying to get to know me for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. You know, I'm okay with them trying to make friends with me for their own purposes. And, you know, at a certain point I am too, but I also mostly just want them to know that I love them, you mm-hmm. know. And, you know, I told, and I kind of tell them every now and then, like, hey, I just want to be able to love you guys as a Christian. You know, uh, God calls us to love him and love others. And so I want to show you guys the love that God's shown me and to love you guys as well because you guys matter. Um, and it's it's been 
cool because I've had a, a multiple times where I've prayed at the front desk with some of the employees mm. in the entrance way of the gym. Um, and I also just get to talk about, hey, how can we be praying for you? And then we're having a conversation about somebody's life. Um, you know, um, well, maybe we're going to take your name out or whoever you are. But, you know, this guy, when I was talking with him, um, was sharing about him and his wife and how they've been trying to have a baby for a while. And it's been really frustrating and hard. Um, and I was telling him, hey, you know, my wife and I, we tried for years to try and have a baby. And it's it sucks. You know, those ups and the downs, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And. You know, and so I, you know, told him, and he asked a t- prayer to to keep pushing through things. And I said, okay, so I'll be praying for perseverance. And he goes, yeah, perseverance. He goes, I I really appreciate that. And it's something that um, a small question of, you know, just going to the gym and asking people how can I be praying for you um, has opened up a lot of doors to get to know some random people that um, I just never thought I would. But um, it's been great and. People, there's a few people at the gym that were like, yep, yeah, you can pray for somebody else. You, nope, I don't want your prayer. I'm like, all right, cool. And the, and it's nothing, nothing like, so I know those people, are, they, feathers a little bit ruffled even just by me asking about them for mm-hmm. prayer. Um, but most, I would say 99% of people are really not offended by that. Um, even if they don't have anything to pray about, um, they're grateful that, you know, people would ask, that they would care. So, yeah. yeah. So it's been good. I mean, that's kind of a general gist of it. That and just getting huge, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, but that's also been an outlet, too. It's been a huge outlet for me, just, like, physically, like, getting something, like, stressing my body in mm-hmm. a way that helps me to, like, relax. Because yeah. um, I can also be kind of wiry and crazy, too. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we close out this? Um... Oh, your coffee's pretty good. Yeah, did you like it? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I finished drink all of it. It's great. Yeah, I I could drink coffee all day, and that's some some sisters' coffee. Mm. Really yes. good. Yes, yes, it was um, sisters' uh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Which there's so many coffee roasteries in Portland, but mm. sisters, I think, is my favorite. Yeah, and their coffee shop, it like in sisters, mm-hmm. is like one of the coziest. Just <laughs> like you're just in Mountain Town, and it's there you like, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Okay. Well, thank you for having this conversation and just sharing so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to close out this episode. We are going to hear a little bit from Gabe as we close out this podcast today. So, Gabe, if you will share with us what, what you will. There you go. Um, so, uh, I would say about... No, actually, for Christmas, uh, my wife bought me a specific hat, um, and it's on the title of it. It says "Child of God," um, and I really don't like um, like super in your face like Christian stuff. That like is like I'm a Christian, but you know, because it's like I don't know. It seems kind of forceful. Hobby Lobby, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me. yeah. I mean, it's. Because, like, I think it's good to be proud of your faith. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But I think at times when it's, like, almost, like, forceful on others, I think there's a little bit of, um, yeah, it's just not always helpful. Um, and, you know, it's funny because so be- even though I have that kind of conviction, um, that saying child of God is a huge, huge important thing for me because it's really, I think, been reflective of my life with the Lord in a lot of ways. And I think understanding... Um, that you know talked about earlier how you know we are God's children and that and like he 
we have a family together of brothers and sisters, but um, I didn't grow up with a, a dad. And so, um, you know, I had a single mom raising us, and it was, it was great. Uh, my mom did an awesome job, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but at times, you know, I just didn't always feel secure, you know. And But then remembering that, like, God was, like, my Heavenly Father, you know, mm-hmm. and having that kind of relationship with Him. Um, knowing, like, it was a comfort that, like, as much as I didn't have an earthly father, um, I had a heavenly father. And just remembering that, like, as a child, like, you know, he takes care of me. He looks after me. He's there for me all the time. And um, so that saying, child of God, has just been a huge comfort to me and something that um, has really carried me through many different seasons. And um, I think our, our identity and who we view ourselves as and who God views us as, I think, um, is a, is a big thing. I think we often have these weird identity things that we go through. Um, but I think it's important, um, at least from my perspective, um, as a Christian to understand and remember that you are a child of God. And for me, that's something I just, I cling to desperately because it's like, who am I? I'm a child of God. And it's, you know what, like, that's kind of a big overarching thing that's like it, whatever I'm going through and whatever I've done and whatever he's doing, I know I'm his child and he's looking after me and that's all that matters. So, Well, that's very special. Yeah. I love that. Uh, when this podcast episode comes out, can I? Can you take a picture of yes. the hat and mm-hmm. I can share it with people? Yeah. So, okay. I don't know if it was something just super special for no, <laughs> I, I wear it, No, I wear it whenever I can. Okay, yes, cool. Yeah, I wear so it out for sure. we'll get a picture and post it so mm-hmm. everyone can see this. Oh, I don't know. Special gift from yeah. from Rachel. Child of God. Child of God. Freaking love it, dude. <laughs> love it. Okay. And with that, we're going to close out for this episode. So thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you for meeting with me, Gabe. <laughs> thank you, Haley. Love you. Thank you for everything. Yes. You're awesome. All right. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Divine and I. For more content and to stay updated, be sure to follow The Divine and I on Instagram and check out the website, thedivineandi.com. You can find these links listed in the show notes. If you would like to leave a donation to help fund this podcast, you may visit thedivineandi.com slash donation. See you next week.